This episode breaks with the usual emotipod protocols because it's very personal. It begins and ends with my late brother, Sangye Chopel, known to most as Pete. He became a Buddhist monk, which doesn't mean he had life all sorted. Like all of us, he had stuff to deal with. But let me tell you a bit more about my brother. I've never met anyone less judgmental, more truly accepting and genuinely loving of everyone than Pete. His capacity for love was infinite, in fact, and his sense of humour was kooky and delicious. He was super scrawny, but he gave the best hugs, not too loose, not too tight, just so comfortably and skillfully moulded around you, you'd be happy just parked like that for ages. To give you a bit more context, Pete was the third of ten children, and I'm the tenth. So a very large family who all played or sang music, individually and together. And a few of us went on to have careers in music. My sister Maria Linnemann, a guitar composer and teacher in Germany. My sister Tierke, as you may already know from episodes one and two, a cellist in the Halle Orchestra. My brother Henrik, a versatile flautist, session musician and teacher. And I wrote music for TV programmes and a few songs myself for a while. Anyway, Pete also had an incredible love for a huge variety of music, as well as art and dance and poetry and films of all kinds. Whatever lovely new sounds he came across as he moved around the world, he would be so excited to share them with siblings, children, parents, friends and probably strangers. Henrik has told me more than once about the many fantastic groovy tunes Pete introduced him to. And Maria recently sent me a cassette tape of Pete and me playing clarinets together, which I'd forgotten we'd done. It's bloody horrendous and I never want to hear it again, but I can cherish the restored memory now. In August 2015, in Italy where he lived, Pete passed away suddenly. This summer, 2021, his son, my nephew Josh, pianist and ex-keyboard player in Edinburgh band King Ida, got in touch with me to ask if we could do a podcast about a new artistic project he's set up that has the excellent aim of supporting and encouraging all kinds of creatives, bringing their unheard and unseen work into the light and providing opportunities for artists to work together, forge links and expand and grow. The tagline or motto of his project is Create, Collaborate, Connect. And what a great fit for this series, which is about the power of sharing art and artistic creativity to bring people together, to help them understand each other and themselves better, and to just feel better in good times or bad. I'm Frances Butt, and this is Emotipod. Oh, and the name of Josh's project is Smiling Monk, and in a little while, he'll explain why. Silence and screaming Thinking you're hurt, yeah, you're dreaming Call it out Josh, my nephew My auntie Thank you for um, getting in touch about this story and about your project This is going to be different because it's about uh, the backstory to your artistic life, I guess Which begins with your dad, my brother Pete 
So would you like to start us off with that story? How far back to go? Yeah, I guess I started playing piano and encouraged by Pete from a really young age, from from the age of three. The, st- the story goes, I don't remember it that far back, but I think my mum was actually away, which was unusual, and Pete was looking after us. Uh-huh. I was playing one of those little keyboards, um, and we had we had a violin that when you played the, the, the kind of bridge, you rocked a rubber bit on it, and it played each note. And it played da 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 da. Oh wow! Out to joy, and, um, right? Okay. Out to joy, and I, I somehow my three-year-old self played that on the keyboard, and that was kind of the start of that. Um, and right. then it was piano and piano lessons and and guitar and just music throughout my childhood. And mm. and yeah, you know, thinking actually a lot just um, before I sat down about how in my kind of young life, yeah, before kind of up to the age of ten, Pete just used to play you guys, you know your music and, and Henrik's music and, and Maria's music. And that's really what I kind of grew up with mm. amongst everything else. But honestly, they were very much a big kind of mainstay in, uh, on a day-to-day. We used to go to sleep listening to Millhouse's Mooch and to your music and Calls of the Wild and stuff like that on wow. you know on CD. So, yeah, it's kind of ingrained. Oh, and that's one of the things that Pete was so wonderful at was bringing music from different places to people who would never have heard it because mm. our family background was pretty radio three and classical yeah, yeah. and um then he brought in jazz and he brought in the world music and the funk and the, you know so yeah. he would come in so excited with new things to play and henrik talks about our brother henrik my brother henrik talks to your uncle <laughs> get it right <laughs> he talks about this as well it, it was pete who would bring in mm. new things that really would blow his mind yeah totally even up until now that kind of influence has been has been there with a memory of Peter had was him talking about a time that you I think had met up with him and had played him or sang to him some bossa nova music. Oh, and I haven't other than listening to your song, listened to or seen you play any bossa nova, but it's definitely mm. sparked some bossa nova hype in my life, <laughs> and it's so good. It's a great world of really gorgeous chords in it's there. It's so good. And well, going back to Pete, this is the nineteen sixties when I was really small. I'd be three, four, five mm. in Pete and Vic's bedroom. There would be the um, Joao Gilberto album, Getz and Gilberto, yeah, yeah. Stan Getz. So that was where I first heard Bossa Nova, again through Pete. Yeah. Yeah, so a gift, a real gift, you know, yeah. to be shown so many different styles and not kind of be limited. And also mm. I remember as much as I'm celebrating his influence of showing me cool music, he also showed me a load of rubbish that yeah. at the time I did not, did not enjoy um, but you know now I'm looking back on it old hard drives and stuff like that and I'm actually like man this was actually really good I just didn't okay. listen to examples you know, um what was some it was like some Mongolian accordion kind of thing I can't remember exactly wow. what it was it was a film Lacho Drum was the film actually oh called. yes you sent me that, that? Incredible. Yeah, yeah yeah and at the time I totally sniffed at that but now mm. I can't get enough of it, so it's, yeah, it yeah. all kind of comes full circle. Yes. But yeah, he was, you know, open to all. And I think when you're growing up alongside someone like Pete, it seems like he's just a really, you know, and he, and he was eclectic, he was an eclectic guy, but I think that word is often like a bit tainted with like not normal or, yeah, you know, like... Oh, pejorative, you mean, yeah. Yeah, pejorative yeah. for sure, because yeah. it's like actually he's just really open to everything. Yeah. And through this project and through kind of connecting with him yeah in the last year or so has, has kind of opened up my eyes and mind and yeah to kind of creative channels and disciplines mm. and things like that 
So, okay, so your ears are more open than you think they would have been without that background with Pete? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I'm looking back on all of the things that he showed me or that, you know, that he would rave about in the past. Mm. that I would be like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. I'm not going to watch that. I'm not going to watch the Marx Brothers play a piano with a green apple, you know what I mean, that <laughs> kind of thing. But now <laughs> I'm sure Absolutely. that's my kids. Yeah, yeah, so it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's a really, like, a really special thing. Amazing. Yeah. So, okay, that's the story of your upbringing with Pete and his bringing music into your life, and that's wonderful. Mm. Can you tell us about the Smiling Monk project? Could you talk about the name first of all? Because, again, that's part of the backstory, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the story of The Smiling Monk, I guess, was that when I was maybe 14, 15, I was doing my grade 8 piano, practising for that, and Pete was living in Italy in the uh, Healing Meditation Centre mm-hmm. as a monk, doing yeah. his thing, and he used to come back, you know, maybe one, two times a year, but my kind of biggest excitement to see him was to play music to him and with him, because really at that age I didn't have a kind of person there to always hear me or listen to me in the way that Pete would and I just had that kind of deep musical connection that he would get it if there was a wrong note and we would laugh at it together and that kind of thing it wouldn't be like no criticism you know it was just Mm -hmm. just open and he would come home or come back to where to Olveston and I would just wait for him to say hello to everyone and and then just drag him through to the <laughs> the living room. And he would sit and, yeah, listen to me and smile like that. And that was at the point in my life where I was playing what I was most proud of. I would always play mm. to him what I was most proud of and what mm. I'd been working on to kind of perfect, to play to him, even if there mm. was mistakes. It didn't, it didn't matter. So the, the kind of origin of the project came from that idea that, you know, playing our best work and that was at that time my best work. And mm-hmm. now looking at how it feels important to show what we're doing creatively and, and kind of our best work. Yeah, it kind of was born from me playing a lot of classical piano last year. I was mm-hmm. wanting to kind of show that and just having the conversation in my mind about how we create things or do things creatively, but don't maybe then share them and obviously in the kind of last couple of years it's not been possible to share things in the kind of same way that we've always been able to in person or live on stage or or whatever so absolutely yeah it's become a thing of urgency of course Mm -hmm. I was like oh I'm I'm really kind of making effort and time to hone my craft here as a a pianist which I've not spent a lot of years doing but pulling Mm. music that I've had for 10-15 years that I've Mm. always wanted to be able to play and just practicing it and that being really rewarding and then wanting to share that. So I have this picture of Pete next to the piano all the time looking at me while I play piano. <laughs> and yeah, it was just kind of from that, that. With that smile, it's a particular smile, which is very Pete. Um, is it, it's not beatific. It's, a, it's blissing out. It's blissing out. It's a bit goofy. It's, it is it's a, bit a bit goofy, goofy yeah, but which it's, is also Pete, yeah. It's totally Pete. It's like yeah. sincere, but goofy. So... I took the idea to my fellow musician, ex-bandmate, but uh-huh. close friends. And I, I, yeah, it felt like quite a personal project, obviously, at the start. 
And um, but as I spoke to them, it became kind of more clear that it would be an appropriate platform to share the music that we've been doing for years together that we've not released, the music that we've been writing individually that we've not released, Brilliant. and the music that last year we all managed to work on together and create together through Zoom and through sharing computer sound and through Ableton and things like that. So okay. separated but able to create music together, and we've got a pretty decent body of work now to show so that's the kind of one side of the project and the yeah. other side of the project is to collaborate with creatives non-musical and musical to right. create collaborative content to share and to inspire people and you know encourage people to share what they've done and to be proud of their best work fantastic so you're going to be inviting more and more people into this kind of collective in that way so smiling monk will be a, a collective is that the right word for it yeah i suppose so i'm not yeah. it's, it's still kind of taking shape i would say mm. i'm not kind of too rigid on on that but not, prescribing, yeah. not not really and i think as it kind of is growing now and and it's like becoming clear who we're going to work with and things mm. like that and how actually we're going to create the content that we're going to be putting out there because the content that we are making is based on collaborative brief whether that's a performance or an actual piece of work from a non-musical creative an artist or whatever mm. and we're either creating videos to show the process of these creatives making these oh, okay. commissions yeah. with our music so that everything is grassroots, but that really it's to show the collaboration and to celebrate people and cel celebrate creatives and to show what people are doing. Mm. We've got a video that we're working on at the moment that incorporates maybe 12 different creatives, wow. filmmakers, illustrators, ice sculptors, embroiderers and much more uh, and the kind of idea is that on each project or each video wait wait go back print, a bit yeah. ice sculptors and embroiderers yeah. you've got to go the, and explain this a bit more that's fair enough well <laughs> this video that we're shooting at the moment is and will be first the story of the smiling monk uh -huh. so we've got an animator to the story that i just told about oh, pete wow. coming home to kind of show that in an animated form and then we have, yeah, just kind of selected these creatives that we find inspiring mm. to make a commission or a performance on a collaborative brief that we're working on with each person to, you know, let their creativity sing and, and then to work on it together. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll just ask them to make commissions or performances. We're going to shoot the process of them doing that and then the finished product. And basically it's to point people towards their work to Lovely. have this commentary on creativity and how mm -hmm. it's important in our social and emotional lives mm. and you know how it can be a real salvation for struggle which is you know a, a real gift if you're open to creativity and you and you nurture mm. that you know in your life i think yeah that's the whole thing about collaborating and your tagline which is so brilliant and perfect for this podcast series actually create collaborate and connect mm. is taking you out of that worry about how good you are and worry about whether what you're doing is okay or you know just to, yeah. to connect with people and work with other people to take you out of your own head yeah that's yeah, really a huge important aspect of artistic creativity mm. so i'm really proud of you creating this thing thank you thanks so much yeah i think i think the the kind of connect part of it as well is to is to kind of encourage people to connect with themselves as much mm. as other people you know there's exactly, this like yeah. real open community which i've never really tapped into as much as i should have in the creative world which generally leans towards celebrating each other you know mm. and and kind of being positive about the things that each person is doing lovely you know obviously there's it doesn't exist all the time but it's for the most part and from what i've found in the last six months of building this project and yeah. it's just a really kind of lovely kind of community to be in you know it's the spirit of that isn't it the joy of 
creating the joy of art, the joy of music, joy of all things artistic. For sure. Which is the spirit of Pete. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think as much as this is my project, you know, I really feel that this is like Pete's thing as much as it's been driven through me because all our lives Pete was extremely encouraging towards people perhaps too much or perhaps not enough to us not too much to other people but you know he kind of looked elsewhere and you know oh, what yes. I mean in that sense yes, I do. Yes, kind I do. of being out of family and in the kind of world of everything else and yes and there's nothing wrong with that and I actually think it's an amazing thing now but his whole thing was to you know he would just rave about everyone that he would meet that had anything about them that that whatever they were doing and yeah that's not to take away from the fact that you didn't have quite enough of him for some some phases because he was elsewhere a lot of the time and that's that's not to be dismissed which probably made it all that harder when you Mm. when you lost him so suddenly Mm. but this thing about what you're doing now with this tell us about that because you were talking to me when we talked before this recording about that reconnection with your dad yeah i mean the the way that that kind of has come about you know it's not it's not been incredibly smooth i would say mm. you know but yeah going on from what i was saying about him being kind of connected to other people rather yeah. than us when we were growing up so much yeah. you know and that's a kind of strange thing to embark on as a as a teenager or as a child or whatever yeah but i actually think that now i'm kind of getting that back with him because it, it's what he wanted to do it's what he did like to do and this is what I want to do and actually Mm. now I get to live every day kind of with him and through him and before it really wasn't that way and I think when you lose someone you are kind of in a bit of a desperate mode to cling to their memory or you know find something that you can kind of anchor onto to just make yourself feel better and deal with it really and that didn't come about for me until I think basically this, really, because, you know, trying to put a positive even mindset towards grief, you know, it doesn't, they don't go hand in hand, it doesn't doesn't go together. So for me, it was really important to find something to, like, focus on and to dedicate Mm -hmm. to Pete. And that's, that was my initial thought. As soon as he died, I was like, I need to do something or I want to do something to dedicate to him. So it keeps him alive in some sense, you know. What you're saying is so interesting about when you're going through the grief, which you have to go through. I mean, mm. it's a really important process. If that goes on for too long, it can be prolonging in a way that you're trying to hold on to something that you have to be letting go of. Yeah. That's not the bit to reconnect to. Yeah. And yeah. so this coming back to the gorgeous memories of, of what they brought to you and mm. reconnecting with that, how wonderful that is once you can get to that point. I think I still I have that with our with Ma, your grandmother yeah, as well. Yeah. That I reconnect with her on a regular basis now, having really been grief stricken for mm. good ten years really through gardening and sculpting yeah, and yeah. What, you know, faffing about with plants. Yeah. Um, and little things in little ways that I, I just connect with her rather than saying, Oh, I wish I could have done that. I wish I could have, mm-hmm. I wish she could have seen this just being with her with it. Yeah, they're right they're right there all the time, you know, and and, yeah, and, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. and I think, you know, I, I kind of 
I really feel extremely lucky to have met this. And I think it is a bit of a realization, a personal realization for sure. And I would, I, I, yeah, count my kind of blessings every day for that because mm. what you're saying about what you take from them or what they, mm. you know, what, what they impressed on you in their life now comes up in mm. my life. So my kind of representation of that now is how I act as a parent or how I act as a musician and what I do musically and creatively. And actually it's a real gift to be able to feel and remember all of the things that Pete impressed upon us and, or didn't, you know, and, (laughs) and now have the kind of opportunity to change that, but also to like almost be just present with him in that Mm. moment, whatever moment it is, if it's, you know, being with the kids or it's just a real, like, yeah, it's carrying the best of him with you all the time. Totally. Yeah. And you know, like Poppy, like my Mm four-year-old daughter is, extremely connected to him even you know and for years like I've made an intention to speak about him to her and to show him as much show her sorry as much as I have in terms of photos and recordings and things like that and she has also actively asked for him and about him and leaves messages for him and things like that and you know anything that she wants to say and and all of that's like so special for me that's fantastic that she can have a connection mm. with him because for years I didn't talk about him you know and for years yes. you do close up and and you kind of because it hurts yeah it and hurts. You, yeah. you hold it and it's like this precious and delicate matter that you feel afflicted by and kind of it's all held inside like yeah I don't know it's it's a funny one but I'm I'm extremely grateful and extremely happy to be able to do this now and I think what yeah what you're describing is this wonderful finding a way to be with the person Hmm. who is no longer here physically but finding a way to carry them in the best possible way forward and to your next generation that's unbelievably wonderful yeah yeah it is but the legacy of our of our ancestors and how how far back would you like to take that but Hmm. this is a special example you're setting I think with this project you're doing and I love it and I'm really keen to to uh, keep an eye out on what's coming up with them. Yeah, for sure. The offerings that you have there. Tell us where we can find Smiling Monk. For sure. Um, at the moment, we're kind of using Instagram as our main channel. YouTube will be the the main platform for our videos. But Great. if you go into the Instagram Smiling Monk, you can click a link to the SoundCloud where there's about fifty tracks of yeah, all kinds of different things and. There'll be a whole load more, which will be collaborations with artists. It's just going to be gorgeous. Yeah, it's already gorgeous on there. I've been, I was listening to the SoundCloud and such beautiful stuff on there. I was stuck for choice of music to put on this. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I hope that we could do something together too, because after listening to oh, your my goodness. SoundCloud, I was like, maybe I'm going to do like a crazy cover of I Wonder. That would be really cool. <laughs> like, oh, please do. Um, yeah, I'll try and butcher one of your songs. <laughs> oh, that's, what was that? Um, butcher. Yeah, that's bad, isn't what it? What was that? That's bad. No, you'd be you'd be so welcome to do uh, anything with any of my stuff. Yeah, yeah, let's talk. For sure. <laughs> yeah. But first, hope the baby goes well uh, yeah. or comes well. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. It's been really it's great been wonderful. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. And the baby came not long after we recorded our conversation. A lovely boy. So congratulations to Claire, Josh, Iona and Poppy, and welcome little buddy.
That last music clip was from Truth, a track by Arkayo, a Swedish electronic artist featured on the Smiling Monk SoundCloud. And earlier on, you heard Josh singing part of his own song called Tuck, and a very different but very wonderful version of He the Colossus by Wild Beasts. I think it's so wonderful that Smiling Monk was brought into being out of a deep, loving relationship between this highly unconventional father and his talented son. A project in the spirit of a smiling monk, who was also a loving brother, son, uncle, father of course, and friend to so many. A man who shared his intense artistic passions. It can't have been easy at the time to have a dad who, although he was gorgeous and full of love, was not always very present as a parent. And this can only have compounded the grief for what hadn't been, and now never would be, when Pete died suddenly, and Josh and his twin sister Tara were still only in their early twenties. But you could hear Josh's gratitude and appreciation for Pete's appreciation of his son's musicianship and all the hard work he was putting into building his musical life. Pete always gave generously in enjoying, relishing, the artistic creations of others and really letting them know it. Having worked his way through the painful grieving time that can't be dodged, Josh has found a way to honour that spirit and reconnect with his dad in a way that won't ever dim now. A legacy from the very best of Pete. So of course I'm hugely proud of my nephew for starting his project. But also I'm just delighted that there are people like him who step up and start collaborative projects such as this, offering much-needed encouragement to talented people out there who need some support in sharing their work. If you're a creator of any kind of art, written, visual, performing, whatever, don't hide your light under a bushel. Find people to work with and audiences to share with. Let your art help you shine and build relationships. And the Smiling Monk motto encapsulates it all in those three words, create, collaborate, connect. You'll find all the relevant links in the text for this podcast, including pieces by Josh's aunt Maria, his uncle Henrik, and yours truly. If you enjoyed this conversation, there are plenty of other episodes with fascinating guests talking about their chosen art forms, and you can subscribe for free on any of the main podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, etc. And please feel free to share the series with anyone you think might like it. But we must now leave the final word to the smiling monk, Sangye Chopal, Pete. Love means wishing deep and lasting happiness for all beings. Although it's very easy for us to love the people close to us, we also have to develop love for the people we do not know, and even for those we do not like. Love means wishing happiness for others, however they understand that to be, and hoping they get whatever they need to experience it. A true act of love is teaching people about inner peace education. We need to love others unconditionally, and with an open heart. An interdependent cause of peace is wishing that all beings have happiness and its causes.